0: Good morning. Good, morning. Good morning! Awesome. Hey, look, uh, th- what a great song if you start to think about the words. Um, it's, it's like you, you fall to get up. You, you die to rise. You, you, you lose to win. And if you, if you could just zoom out for a minute and think about what, if you could sort of encapsulate what did Jesus talk about This would have to be part of the summary of what Jesus taught by losing you in The last will be first. got to tell you, Jesus would not do well as a public speaker in America today. I think most of us would think, oh, everyone would flock to him. You know, we would just so want to hear what he had to say. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe that's why he talked about the narrow road, few that find it you are looking for it. Has anyone ever told you something that you really didn't want to hear? Anybody? And you could probably think back and, and boy, I, I just pushed him off. I avoided him. I, I wasn't ready for it. And then later on in life, you came back and said, mm, man, what that aunt, what that professor, what that person told me was so absolutely right on. Anybody? Because you're not ready for certain things at a certain time. And that's okay, because we're all growing, right? I mean, if you're not there, you're not there. But that message is so difficult for us to absorb, especially, especially in an upward culture like America. I mean, America is about success. America is about, you know, growing and thriving and achieving and checking off all, and putting things in your bank account. And, th- th- and Jesus was like, well, the last will be first. Hmm? If you lose your life, then you will find it. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Finding meaning in our loss. Finding meaning in our loss. Now, before we do, I've got to welcome our growing uh, online family. And I thought we'll do a tour of the South today. All right. Anybody here from the South? No? Two of you. All right. Okay. We are Yankees, after all. We really... You know, oh, okay. Oh, hey, we're proud. Okay. I was born in Georgia. Did, I did you know that? I was born in Cordill, Georgia. Mostly lived there for two months, but nonetheless... I got deep roots in the South, all right? <laughs> Cordill, Georgia. Um, OK, here we go. Alabama, Montgomery. Hello, Montgomery, Alabama. Charlotte, North Carolina. All right, what about, what about Texas and Tennessee? Columbia, Nashville, what about Georgia, all over in Florida, and many other parts of the South. Let's welcome in the South and in the North, everywhere in between. <laughs> God bless you. I still got a note here from Lisbon. Is that Lisbon? Is that from Portugal? Are we, or is there a Lisbon? Um, I don't know, it just says Lisbon. So wherever you are, we're glad you're here. And uh, I want to think about what what kind of meaning we can get out of our loss. Or what is there any purpose to it all? So so last week, if you were here, we talked about hope. We've talked about all these stages of, of, of mourning and grief. And, you know, we, we bargain, we deny, we, uh, we go through depression. And I talked about hope last week because hope is that no matter what you go through, no matter what you go through, there's always hope. Always even after death because what a lot of people believe is that death is it that's final once you get there it's over so there's hope that you might recover and not die or no 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 jesus came and explained to us no it's beyond death there's there is no situation or circumstance where there isn't hope that god god's plan for us is always unfolding for better and the story in john's gospel where lazarus dies and jesus says um you know this is not going to end in death, and yet he dies. What does that mean? That means that our end and God's end are not the same. There's a lot of times you go to a funeral and go, Well, that's the end. That's the end. That's not the end. That's just the beginning. That's the warm up act. Huh? Do you know the band? They come and practice before you guys get here. Well, you guys are sleeping, they're here practicing trying to get it together. And, and people always joke because if you watch them practice, it's ugly. But it comes off better when they get it. But, but <laughs> he's going, yeah, that's true. All right. But here, here's what's going on, right? What you're doing right now, what you and I call life, God calls practice. Isn't he just practicing? It's, what, what we call death is just like, okay, let's get started. Everybody's showing up here. This is a rehearsal. So there's no end with God. There's always hope because this is not the end of the story. This is just the beginning of your story. And what's really important for you to know is beyond this hope that something's going to be better because it will, in the meantime, you can find purpose and meaning in the losses that you face in life. And we've said this, I'll just review one more time. We're talking about death and losing someone. I, I, I started thinking about it today. I thought, our church has been listening to me talk about death for like two months. we got like the best church in America that you would hang in there because this is not popular. But look, one of the reasons I've been saying this, I, I call grief... Perhaps the greatest skill you will ever learn in life. Why? Why would you say that? Well, you learn a skill. A fancy drummer here, he has a skill. He can play the drums. I cannot play the drums. I would like to, because if I could play the drums, then I could try to be like a rock star, and I could have crazy hair, and I could... It would just, people would just think I'm the greatest. And then I would get a guitar, and I would shred a guitar. and anybody know, These are all skills that get you somewhere in life. Or go to college, get a degree, get a skill doing accounting, or get a skill, uh, you know, learning how to uh, surgically operate on, a, on a, another human being. And that's a skill. And it's so all of these skills are wonderful, incredible. I could get a skill and learn how to handle HVAC. I could get a skill and learn how to do a trade. I could get all these skills, but most of what these skills do And and by the way, this is what we spend 80 90% of our time doing is telling our kids, you get into school, and you get these skills, and you better learn, and and fine, fine. But they're all designed to help us do a couple of things. First, make money, right? Making money. Nothing wrong with that, because we all want our kids to get a job. Anybody here want your kids to get a J-O-B, right? Like, that's good. Nothing wrong with that. Get a job, make some money, get some accolades, get... But where, what school? Where do I go to learn how to lose? Where do you go? Yeah, we take, we're gonna take going backwards 101, my freshman year. Right? Suffering, loss, and death my sophomore year, losing it all and going broke, my junior year, and my senior year, my crowning achievement, finally destitute. <laughs> this is not how we teach, because we, we don't think those are valuable, and yet deep down everybody knows all of these things are going to happen to every single one of us. Not only are we going to lose people that we love, we're going to lose jobs that we love. We're going to lose income that we love. I won't, even, I won't even ask you to raise your hand, but I know some of you could, if I said, who's lost some income over the years that they loved? and lost a reputation that they loved? And there's no skill. Because it's somehow we've all been stuck in denial. Of course, Jesus sharply brought us out of denial and says, well, that's just not how life is. You're going to lose. You're going to lose on the softball field. You're going to lose in the boardroom sometimes. Sometimes you're going to lose when you're trying to make a bid or win a contract. And sometimes you're going to lose in a relationship. You're just going to lose. Oh, it's going to make you mad. It's going to make you so mad when you lose. But you're going to lose. And it's not even going to be fair. Isn't that the worst part? Who here has just learned... Like, if you've learned anything, here's one thing you might as well go ahead and learn now. Life is not fair. Huh. Only two of you. Boy, I thought I would have done better here. Maybe Because I mean, you, you're told your whole life, you know, this is going to happen. This, and at some point, you just wake up and you realize life isn't fair. We shouldn't try to make it more unfair. But if you go through your life thinking it should be fair and I am going to stay mad until it's fair. Hello, grumpy pants right? You are going to be mad, right, for the rest of your life. It's true. If you're, I'm going I'm to stay mad until it's fair. At some point, you just go, life isn't fair. So, I got to learn how to deal with loss. And here's what happens. When you lose, a little bit of you dies. A little bit of you dies. It just feels like death. Anybody here, you were young, you were competitive, super competitive? Right? I mean, some of you still are. I've seen you at Walmart in the parking lot. Went over. A sp- I've seen a couple of you. Yeah, really, it's ridiculous. Just take the next one. And honestly, it's 20 steps to the third spot over. 20. You could use the calorie burn. A couple of you just. We're competitive. I'm kidding. We're, we're, but we are, aren't we? Like, well, but I was gonna go there. We're just competitive. So then when you lose, it feels like you, <laughs> I'll just be really honest. Who's, you don't have to read, who's lost that spot before? And did it burn you? Huh? You were, I mean, you're about, you're like 40 minutes later in the vegetable aisles. You're still burning. You steamed your own broccoli in your cart because you're so mad. Like, you can't let it go. You were there and you had your signal on. Right? Like, honey, I already cooked the broccoli. It's already ready. So mad. So you get, they got in front of you. And you have to, this is how life works. You lose this, you lose that. It's not fair. So you learn how to mourn, you learn how to lose. Um, (laughs) So you can grow up. Just so you can grow up. That's really all we're trying to get each other to do, is just grow up. Hmm? I mean, I got this two-year-old girl. She's going to be three in a month, and ah, oh, <laughs> she's wonderful. <laughs> Anybody with me? Huh? And everybody can be from the outside like they're the most wonderful years of your life, and I'm like, I know. <laughs> but all they can think about is what oh, me. And literally, the people that study this, they go, they're incapable of thinking about anything else. And that's how we all start our life, pretty much incapable. You know what's funny? Because I know a lot of you, I joked about you losing the parking space, but if you met that person here, and they weren't looking for parking spaces, but you met them at church, and you found out in a ladies' group that they had tears in their eyes, and they just had a, they're losing their mom, and they're frazzled, and this and that, and they weren't paying attention, and they came and said, you know, I cut some lady off at Walmart. And I realized I did, it, but I was such a hurry, I was so frazzled you're like, that was me. But actually, you would have a whole different heart, wouldn't you? You'd have a whole different heart to them. What goes on in our life is this. And what Jesus taught us and Paul taught us so well is that life is a series of losses that God renews for something good, so that he can grow you and I into better people, because you can't grow if you always get your way. And just make it really simple, you can't grow if you always get your way. And so everything that we're taught in life, all the seminars, all the classes, basically it's one form or another of teaching you how to get your way. Have you ever gone to a seminar on how to write a bad resume so you don't get the job? No, you said like, Christopher, that's ridiculous, of course. Because it's so, to our subconscious, of course, everything is about me getting what I think that I want or that I believe that I need. So everything, the, the underwritten subtext is, so you can get what you want, so you can get what you want, so you can get what you go to this thing, so you can get what you want, get this degree, so you can get what you want. So I can get what I want. And have you ever met a person that always got what they wanted? Aren't they fun to have lunch with? (laughs) You're never going to be, ever going to be the person that God designed you to be, the full blossom, unless you lose. Paul wrote this way, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways, what? I mean, you get, sometimes you got to put some things behind you. You, guys, you remember that, uh, what was it, Star is Born? You Remember that movie? Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Remember that? You got to listen to that song. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Sometimes you have to let old things die. You know, it's hard to change a man. It's even hard to try. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Paul said, you got to put childish things behind. Child, What's childish? This is what I want. Now, by the way, this will make you a terrible employee. You need to win at work a little bit. You need to succeed. You need to put some numbers on the board. I'm not trying to tell you how to be a great employee. I'm trying to tell you how to be an amazing human being. And it's weird, you live in this tense, tense dichotomy because then at some point you just, you just lose and it's not there. And the Apostle Paul, he was competitive like the rest of us growing up. If you read in the uh, third chapter of his letter to, to, uh, to Philippi, he, he goes, you know, I was a Jew of Jews. I was born in the, in the right tribe. I was circumcised on the eighth day. Um, I was, you know, uh, the tribe of Benjamin. In regard to the law, I was a Pharisee. In other words, um, if you talk to different Jewish people, some people say, well, I'm pretty strict, or I kind of keep it loose. He he didn't keep it loose. Like, for instance, there's all kinds of Christians, right? I mean, you meet them, right? It's like, well, I mean, I, I am, but, you know. Like, oh, good, well, hey, maybe next week we can get together on Monday and talk about church on Sunday. Like, well, pff, I probably won't be there this Sunday. <laughs> Are you with me? She's like, oh, well, wh- when will you be there? Because then we could talk about it. Like, isn't Christmas coming? Because, like, <laughs> first of the year we could talk about So that's a kind. I'm not judging. I'm just saying that's a kind. And then there's other kinds. And then there's some of you that, you know, I mean, who grew up in a church with ch- ch- So Paul was checking all the boxes, man. Baptized, this, that. I check every box. And then he goes, but then I met Christ. And all that stuff that was a win, I started to see as a loss. That's kind of crazy when you think about it. But if you grow up, I said if, I was listening to a guy this week who I really, I've gained a lot from him, I respect a lot from him, and he's mapped out human growth. This is interesting. He says he, he thinks we grow in eight different stages of life. Most of us think there's two or three, like your baby, maybe a, maybe a teenager, an adult. He goes, "There's what happens with most people. Instead of going through eight stages, they go through about three and they get stuck, and they're teenagers. And he goes, when they're adults, they're supposed to be in adulthood, what they really are is teenagers with accessories. But, but he caught me because he said, we don't go through a lot of other transitions. We just keep holding on. I was telling the, the early, I did this Facebook service in the morning, early morning, and um, I was telling them, like, I was looking at old pictures from when I was in college. And I, it was a time when my dad came down to visit me. And I still got, the, I got this picture of my arm around him, and we're in the, my apartment. And I'm like, wow. And I looked at myself, and this is the thought that I had. I'm like, I'm not even the same person. Like, I remember that, but I'm not that person anymore. In so many ways, I'm almost a completely different person. That's like a person I recognize, but it's not me. Who could look back at some earlier part in your life and go, boy, do I think differently about life now than I did then? It would be good if you had your hand up. <laughs> in other words, you're <laughs> because that means you're growing. And to grow, you have to die, you have to lose. Now here's the tricky part. Ready? Who knows a 15-year-old? It's great to know a 15-year-old because they know everything. So if you ever need to know anything, you can ask them. I mean, 15-year-olds are amazing. They know everything. And so you just keep them with you. Because in case you need to know, you just ask them, and they'll tell you. In fact, they will even tell you how much you don't know, just as a bonus. Oh, God, it's good to be 15, right? Right? But here's the funny thing, because of the way that that, that mind works, and who who here has ever said, man, was I like that when I was 15? The answer is yes, you were worse. (laughs) But here's what you need to know, you're you're thinking that the the actual mindset is this, I know everything. It's so good to be me because I know everything. In a way, what they're saying, they don't say it out loud, but there's nothing else that I can know. Because here you are trying to tell them something that they really should know. And they're like, that's not possible. You ready? It's possible that you and I right now are 15 mentally. Because either it's that or you're done growing. In other words, it's hard to believe now, let's say you're 40 or 30 or 50 or 20, whatever you are, and you think, boy, I've got a lot more under my belt now you don't think there's a lot more that you're going to learn. I don't mean learn like, you can you do more math, or now I can code, or now I can speak French. I'm not talking about learning that way. I'm talking about completely growing to a different level of a human being. But what God says is, there's, i got so much more, but you're going to have to let the old ways die. And so Paul said, now... It's all dung, garbage. The word is manure. He spent the first half of his life building a pile of manure. And by the way, it's nothing bad because that's how you were, that's how I was, that's how they are when they're 15, and then when they're 30, and you're just building your resume. Paul was just building his resume, ready? So he could get over it and get on with his life. so the Apostle Paul said, the, the, great, the great growth in life happens only when you can and when you're willing to finally let go. And Paul let go of his resume. That's so strange for us because we spend so many years building it. I've done this. I accomplished this. I did this. I did this. But you know what he said was better? Knowing Christ. It's as if the first part was sort of knowing about God. And the second part was knowing God. Hmm? What if I sat down here and I told you, I, you know, I know all about Reggie Jackson. Anybody grow up with the Reggie Jackson era? Baseball? <laughs> Home run? Mr. October? And I could quote this stat about Reggie and that stat about him, and I could tell you this, and what size his hat was, and when he changed jerseys, and where he went to this and that. And man, you know a lot about Reggie Jackson. But then, what if you met Reggie Jackson's aunt? There's a lady that knows her knows Reggie. In other words, we have all kinds of people that know all about God, but that's not the goal. The goal is to know God. Paul said some crazy stuff. Ready? All right, I'm going to land this plane right here. Don't worry. But this is what he said. He says, what's more, I considered all a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ my lord for whose sake for whose sake i have lost all things what does that mean paul started to see life differently he started to see the losing as a part of him getting to know god And then he went on to say, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Where do they teach that? One translation I read I love this morning, it said, being shaped by his death. I thought that was good. Somehow his death shapes me. Somehow when I see Christ, and I get older, I realize he's showing me how to live by dying, by not getting his way when he could. The whole point of the story was he could have gotten his way at any time. Remember, remember when Peter pulls out the sword? Peter's like, well, let's do an email barrage on him. Let's shame him. What are all the tactics used in corporate America today? Ah, we'll, do this, we'll do this. Jesus is like, let's put that sword away, Peter. Don't you know I could call legions of angels. I got stuff at my disposal. I don't need any of that stuff. I could call legions of angels. Somehow, he goes, I want to become like him in his death. It's as if we need to keep reading that story over and over and over again until we can weave that story into a Tuesday staff meeting. Until we can weave that story into a Thursday afternoon fight that you decide not to win. Until you can weave that story into something in your life where you realize, you know what? This is going to go better if I don't power up. You know how to power up, don't you? Can I speak to your manager, please? You got your friends around. No, your boss's boss. Oh, I know you have a boss. Anybody? Anybody ever power? Come on. <laughs> Who's powered up before? Yeah, I got to get what I want. I got to tell people how I know, and I, gotta, I, I know this number, and I, and I think Jesus, you know, talk about talk about the ultimate power-up. You got a Rolodex of you know angels. Brr. Let's not power up. Let's power down. Man, this is a terrible message. Because, because we don't like it. But man, if you become like him in his death, he goes, and then. Somehow you attain the resurrection. By dying, you live. By letting go, you gain. By becoming last, you become first. Not that I've already attained all this or I'm already perfect. Paul goes, I'm not there, but I'm on my way. Let me just ask you a question. I'm not asking you if you're there because I'm not there. By the way, if you think you're there, then you're definitely not. (laughs) So that'll help. If you check the box off, then you're not. If you're ready to get up and leave, you need to stay longer. But you could be on your way. And there's a good question. Are you on your way? I'm on my way. I'm on my way to becoming the person that God saved me to be. I press to take hold. And he goes, brothers, I don't consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Everybody say, forgetting what is behind. Forgetting what is That's the wins and I think and the loss. That's just forget about it. Who needs to forget about some stuff today? God, you'd be so free if you could forget about some stuff. Some of you need to forget about how your boss treated you. You need to forget about the traffic light. You need to forget about the economy. You need to forget about some stuff so you can get on with your life. Forgetting what is behind, I press on towards what is ahead. (laughs) Look at this. Now, this is a great verse. All of us who are mature should take a view of such things. I like that. Like, I used to work with teenagers a lot, and this is what I would do because, you know, kids, they don't pay attention to you. You ever try to go talk to a bunch of teenagers? You know, like A room like this full of teenagers. I'd say, since you guys are mature, here's how we're going to do this. Was I lying or what? But I, all of us who are mature, let's take a view of this. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. I love this. Paul a little subtle there. If you aren't getting it yet, hang in there, you will. I'll just say this, be very blunt about this message. Um, a lot of people aren't ready for it yet because they're still building your resume. And you want to go to a church or a, or a uh, seminar or something, where you just tell me, tell me how to be better. Tell me how to win more. I don't want to hear about losing. That's what I'll say. Just tuck it away. Someday you'll want it. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. This makes a lot of sense. Just live up to the level that you're at. Where's our big frustration with the 15 year old? We want him to be 25. But guess what? They're 15. That's how they're gonna act. Just how you acted when you were 15. Almost exactly. That's why it's going to drive you crazy. Just live up to that level. Get to that level. But then when you get to the next level, you've got to live to that level. <laughs> Some of us, God wants to make to true elders. Scripture talks about it. Our society needs them. An elder is a person that doesn't necessarily mean their chronological age It's kind of how we would think of it, although that usually there is some correlation. These are the people that are just wise. These are the people you go to and you say, you know what? This one person said this to me at the mall. And the elder goes, well, what you should do? Well, what were they wearing? That's not an elder. Are you with me? But sometimes we go for those people because we like it, because they get all gossipy and hippie and, blah, blah, and and then and then you go to your friend guy and they get all pounding the table, and I'll tell you what I do. I got a lawyer and I'll tell you we have anybody? Know? That's not an elder. I'm I'm just trying to help us understand. And they're in the scriptures, talked about over and over and over again, the whiz they don't act like that probably the first thing to do is just sit and listen. They probably listen long enough so you can hear yourself talk. How stupid you sound. That's probably the first thing an elder does, just lets you, keep, just go, go ahead, keep going. Now all of a sudden the air is dead and then you just hear yourself and you're like, man, I really sound stupid, don't I? They don't need to say much. Because they've already gone through that. Called the series growing through grief because in some ways, in some ways, there are things that don't happen inside of us unless we grieve. Fundamental changes inside about how we view people and the world. And then somehow you attain what's called the resurrection. And, of course, that couldn't have been a physical one in this case because Paul's like, um, he's still there. He goes, I die every day. But you, 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 you're reborn. You're, you're resurrected as a new person. You come out and you see clearer now. Who can look back at your life and go, man, I thank God for I died to that way of thinking. I died to that person that I was. And all I can tell you is that there's more to come. There's more pain. And there's more resurrection. Now, a good salesman would be up here and just tell you there's not going to be any more pain. You've been through it all, man. It's all up and good here. But I, would be, I wouldn't want to lie to you. I don't wish it for anybody. But it's part of how we grow. But with it all, God will be with you, sustain you. And most of all, He will resurrect you. Let's stand. We'll have a closing prayer. I'm going to tell you this, while you're there, and listen, you cannot change the event of the loss. And if you focus on trying to change that, you're going to, you're going to be stuck. That's not what grieving is. It's not to focus on changing the event of the loss. The loss is real. The loss happened. But you can change the meaning that it has in your life. That's what you can change. And I think that's what grieving is. I think that's what Jesus meant when he said, blessed are you that mourn. Saying that hurt. That really hurt. But God works all things together for good. This is going somewhere good. Dear Lord, thank you for your love for us. You know us in our victories. You know us in our pain. You know us in our wins and our losses. And God, I pray that you give us grace so that somehow we can learn what the Apostle Paul taught us about identifying with Christ in his death so we can attain the resurrection. Dying to the old way so we can be raised into a new person. Give us grace. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Happy Sunday, Orchard Grove.